Chapter 4 of Perfect Behaviour, A Guide for Ladies and Gentlemen in All Social Crises by Donald Ogden Stewart. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Celine Oon. Chapter 4. At the Concert and the Opera. In order to listen to music intelligently, or what is really much more important, in order to give the appearance of listening to music intelligently, it is necessary for the novice to master thoroughly two fundamental facts. The first and most important of these is that the letter W in Russian is pronounced like V. The second, that Rachmaninoff has a daughter at Vassar. Not very difficult, surely, but it is remarkable how much enjoyment one can get out of music by the simple use of these two formulas. With a little practice in their use, the various Tyro can bewilder her escort even though she herself be so musically uninformed as to think that the Celeste is only used in connection with Aida, or that a minor triad is perhaps a young wood nymph. One other important fundamental is that enthusiasm should never be expressed for any music written after 1870. By a careful observance of this rule, one will constantly experience that delightful satisfaction which comes with finding one's opinions shared by the music critics in the daily press. Listening to a symphony orchestra The first thing to do on arriving at a symphony concert is to express the wish that the orchestra will play Beethoven's Fifth. If your companion then says, Fifth what? You are safe with him for the rest of the evening. No metal can touch you. If, however, he says, so do I, this is a danger signal and he may require careful handling. The next step is a glance at the program. If your escort is quite good-looking and worth cultivating, the obvious remark is, oh dear, not a very interesting program tonight, but George, look at what they are playing next Thursday. My, I wish... If George shies at this, it can be tried again later, say during an appassionato passage for the violins and cellos. As soon as the music starts, all your attention should be directed toward discovering someone who is making a noise, whispering or coughing. Having once located such a creature, you should immediately shh him. Should he continue the offence, a severe frown must accompany the next shh. A lorgnette, if available, adding great effectiveness to the rebuke. This will win you the gratitude of your neighbours and serve to establish your position socially as well as musically, for perfect shhs do not come from the lower classes. At the conclusion of the first number, the proper remark is hmm, accompanied by a slow shake of the head. After this, you may use any one of a number of remarks, as for example, well, I suppose Mendelssohn appeals to a great many people, or that was meaningless enough to have been written by a Russian. This latter is to be preferred, for it leads your companion to say, but don't you like Tchaikovsky? Pronouncing the second syllable as if the composer were a female bull. You can then reply, why yes, Tchaikovsky did write some rather good music, although it's all neurotic and obviously Teutonic. Don't fail to stress the V. The next number on the program will probably be the soloist, say, a coloratura soprano. Your first remark should be that you don't really care for the human voice, the reason being, of course, that symphonic music, absolute music, has spoiled you for things like vocal gymnastics. This leads your bewildered friend to ask you what sort of soloist you prefer. Answer. Why a piano concerto, of course. Question. And who is your favourite pianist? Answer, Rachmaninoff. And then, before the boy has time to breathe, shoot! Did you know that he has a daughter at Vassar? 
Although not necessary, it might be well to finish off the poor fellow at the end of the concert with one or two well-placed depth bombs. My own particular favourite for this is the following, accompanied by a low sigh. <sighs> After all, Beethoven is Beethoven. Correct behaviour at a piano recital. The same procedure is recommended for the piano or violin recital, with the possible addition of certain phrases such as, yes, of course, she has technique, but, my dear, so has an electric piano. This remark gives you a splendid opportunity for sarcasm at the expense of Mr. Duo Art and other manufacturers of mere mechanical perfection. The word soul, pronounced with deep feeling as when repeating a fish order to a stupid waiter, may be introduced effectively several times. The program at these recitals is likely to be more complex than at a symphony concert. This is a distinct advantage, for it gives you a splendid opportunity to catch some wretch applauding before the music is really finished. Nothing is quite comparable to the satisfaction of smiling knowingly at your neighbours when this faux pas is committed, unless it be the joy of being the first to applaud at the real conclusion. This latter course, however, is fraught with danger for the beginner. The chances for errors in judgement are many, and the only sure way to avoid anachronistic applause is to play the safe game and refrain altogether from any expression of approval, a procedure which is heartily recommended for the musically ignorant, it being also the practice among the majority of the critics. In a box at the opera. The opera differs from the symphony concert or piano recital in the same way that the army drill command of at ease differs from rest. When one of these orders, I never could remember which is given to a battalion in formation, it signifies that talking is permitted. Opera, of course, corresponds to that command. Before the invention of the phonograph, it was often necessary for the opera goer to pay some attention to the performance, at least while certain favourite arias were being sung. This handicap to the enjoyment of opera has now fortunately been overcome, and one can devote one's entire attention to other, more important things, safe in one's knowledge that one has Gallicacci at home on the Vic. In order really to get the most out of an opera, a great deal of study and preparation is required in advance. I have not space at this time to cover these preliminaries thoroughly, but would recommend to the earnest student such supplemental information as can be obtained from Lady Duff Gordon or Messrs. Tiffany, Tekla and Pinord. Upon entering one's box, the true opera lover at once assumes a musical attitude. This should be practised at home, by my lady, before a mirror until she is absolutely sure that the shoulders and back can be seen from any part of the house. Then, with the aid of a pair of strong opera glasses, she may proceed to scrutinise carefully the occupants of the boxes, noting carefully any irregular features. Technical phraseology useful in this connection includes unearthly creature, stray leopard, or simply that person. Your two magical formulas, the Russian W and the sad story about Rachmaninoff's daughter, may of course be held in reserve, but the chances are that you will be unable to use them, for during an evening at the opera there will probably be no mention of music. End of chapter 4, recording by Selena.